Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. This episode, we're talking about the debut album from a band called Power Bottom, and it starts out with a song called Short-Lived Nightmare. Why do we talk this way? I don't know what to say You're pulling at me in the face just play short samples of tracks but this intro is just over a minute and in that short running time manages to have a really nice arc and i feel like it's a characteristic of this entire album that this all but one of the tracks are under three minutes long and yet uh they all work at that length we've discussed on this podcast our share of pretty epic albums but sometimes i just appreciate a band that gets the point quickly Here we have these pretty vocals that just lead into the stripped down but really muscular guitar and drum blast. And then the song's just, oh, we're done. I think this whole album has a really muscular sound and a lot of variety, even though it is just two guys playing guitar and drums. The record is deceptively simple, but I think it has a lot going on that we'll talk about as we go through it. But it's all grounded in the player's versatility with just three instruments, if you include the vocals, and an attitude that's very open and direct, which is something that I find very charming. And they have a great sense of humor, which comes across in this next song, Dairy Queen. We can drink our beer out of a sippy cup. We can go to Disney World and fuck shit up. But right now, I'm in the shower. We can call in sick and go to Chuck E. Cheese. We can make a baby on the flying trapeze. structured song where the title doesn't come up until the end uh, a little after the section that we played and then the chorus is effectively just a single sentence of i'm in the shower which is really silly but i think also nicely conveys this kind of feeling of being young and maybe not quite ready to face the world 
And there's certainly this kind of sophomoric thread of drinking beer from a sippy cup or skipping work to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And yeah, they're sophomoric, but they're sung about with such energy that, you know, instead I feel, instead of judging that irresponsibility, I kind of feel like joining in. This song is very fun. These guys are coming from a tradition where there's a lot of campiness and they have this genderqueer stage presence where there are drag elements of their live show and it's very stagey. And I think that comes across in this song. It's a combination of everything being very lowbrow. You know, they're drinking beer out of sippy cups and buying press-on nails at CVS. That has kind of a glamorous trailer park feel to it. Yeah, it is fun and maybe a little trashy, but I don't want to overlook that it is also really interesting sonically. I think there are these nice guitar harmonics to open it up and really broaden the sound to start. And then in that section we heard, there's this really saturated backing vocal, just in this call and response. And, you know, sometimes I, I listen just with the right ear while I'm commuting on bicycle, because that's slightly safer. And so, in fact, I missed that on the first several listens, um, since I like that the response is totally shoved over to the left channel. Meanwhile, the lead vocal is ever so slightly pushed right. Uh, and it is just a cool effect that I think adds a lot of fun and humor to the song. I think the next song really does continue that sense of humor, even though I think it's talking about some pretty real universal emotions. It's called I Want a Boy. That's B-O-I. I want a boy who doesn't like to go out shopping. I want a boy who thinks it's sexy when my lipstick bleeds. I want a boy who can go all night without stopping. I want a boy who knows exactly what he needs. all camp it would be fun but it wouldn't have a lot of depth so i like that they also get into some very real emotions in an honest way to which everyone can relate you know just looking for love this song starts out kind of jokey about wanting somebody to keep the bed warm but then it becomes very genuine to the point of including his actual email address and i read an interview where Liv, who wrote the song explains that he recently had to email bard with an argument for keeping the email address even though they usually deactivate them once the person has graduated and he wrote quote I'm in a band, and I wrote a song that's basically a desperate plea for love and companionship. And at the end, I ask all available parties in the audience to email me at my bard email address. This song is my only hope. Without the email addresses responses this song might bring in, I am doomed to a life of misery and bitterness. If it must be, I shall resign myself to my fate and do so with some semblance of glamour and maybe even a hint of courage. But if there is any way I could keep ob8419 at bard.edu for even another year, I would be very, very grateful to you for years to come. Yeah, I, I often feel a tension about reading too many reviews or interviews before doing the show. I don't want my opinions to be too shaped or really just end up being a clone of someone else's. And I think that includes the artist. I think it's important for a work of art and music to stand on its own without mm -hmm. sort of supplemental explanation. 
but these guys do give really great interviews. I mean, that's a hilarious email. And I like his follow-up description uh, on the song where he says, this song is a parody of my loneliness and the ridiculously high standards for partners I had when I wrote it. I wrote it when my house's heat was broken and we were too scared of the landlord to ask her how to fix it. So the song is touching on universal themes, but I like how its creation is also really relatable. Maybe not everyone had a crazy or kind of scary landlord, but you probably know someone who has. And I will just also say that including a .edu email address is perhaps in the running for the most charming lyrical touch of 2015. Sonically, I also appreciate the way that they use minimal instrumentation to really highlight the vocals in this song. The way that the guitar like rocks out in parts, but then pulls back at just the right moments to call attention to the vocal turns is just really well done. And in contrast, the guitar takes the center stage in the title track, which comes next, and it's called Ugly Cherries. this almost glam metal noodling here and then there are hints of guitar feedback and then at the very end of the track we get this organ and i like how these two musicians just keep mixing it up so we don't get bored and then mix in these great lines like he runs his mouth then he runs and hides and i think it's clever and funny and i think it's at the same time speaks of the universal challenge of connecting to other people yeah this song is full of lines like that where they're simultaneously describing dramatic emotions and also creating distance from them like in the line you quoted there's both frustration and kind of making fun of this person and then in a part of the song that we didn't play there's a line about someone who cries and cries until his eyes are like two ugly cherries and it's both unflattering and kind of unsympathetic so i think the song is getting at this tension between wanting to give in to your emotions and also realizing that being too self-indulgent is a bit ridiculous yeah, I had maybe a slightly different take on this, which is more of a, well, we all have issues and we're all in this together. And, you know, the uncharitable language is self-deprecating. It's about myself. And, you know, the title of the album is Ugly Cherries. And I believe that the band has described this as referring to how queerness is something that's not always embraced by others, by the mainstream culture. And that they kind of needed to learn how to love them themselves, even when the world didn't exactly make that easy. And... I, especially the song ends with this refrain he's all right and there's hope here for everyone and i think that they embrace a more hopeful tone certainly in this next song serving goffman <laughs>
It's so difficult to say what you mean To pick the right words and breathe in between So I've been taking it slow I found out people aren't that mean But it, it still feels like they're laughing at me When they're just saying hello I like that this song is about the performative nature of day-to-day life, and it sort of takes the element of drag and subverts it into a point about how real life and just putting on a suit and tie and going to work is also a dress-up performance. Yeah, it's such a great line here. I want to put the world in drag, but I'm starting to realize it's already like that. That The song is just this catharsis, and it leads in this chorus of, am I making a fool of myself? I hope so. <laughs> and then there are just these really noisy and yet these sweet harmonics and these guitar blasts there's this fast drumming and then this chime and i'm going to use the <laughs> word charming again to describe that i think i'm using up my quota for that word but there's just so many moments on this album that bring a big smile to my face the song structure itself is such a classic power pop song especially that part that we played but it goes in a bit of a direct different direction later but i felt like it could have absolutely i could have absolutely recognized this as maybe a weezer song for instance it's just very upbeat and a little bit grungy and it's a great track to have right in the middle of the record especially going into one that's a little more down tempo which is called new one Goddamn, everyone's dumb I'm too old for being young Don't let them take your heart If they do, they'll tear it apart I'm feeling like the sun here from adding this warbling synth tone does take some of the edge off of these lyrics that are pretty bitter i'm so sick of being young there's just this feeling of wanting to be in a new place in a new time somehow away from your problems yet the energy builds and there is a feeling of hope here and just again i've said it the short short songs fit in so much yeah, it's such a short song. I don't have a lot to say about it, except that it's an example of how they do the loud, quiet, loud thing really effectively. And I think their brand of that pairing of opposites works well with their combination of kind of campy and silly with emotionally earnest. And I think they combine those elements most effectively in this next song, West Texas. I left New York for Rhode Island, the beachfront town where my grandma resided. I went shopping at her favorite store.
This song ends with a really impressive display of guitar skill. There's grinding, noodling, feedback, and harmonics, and they all work together cohesively. I think it provides a fun counterpoint to what is a series of vividly drawn vignettes, but they're all about trying to escape one's past by moving away, diving into work, or shopping, or rejecting your queer identity. I also love that having your life on track is summarized with taking your pills and getting up early. Yeah, these songwriters and both members, I think, write and play on different songs. Mm -hmm. And they have a real economy to their work. They reduce something to its essence, but never eliminate the complexity. And, you know, unfortunately for them, things continue to be pretty tough on this next song, 1994. jam out with some more of that really intense guitar hero shredding and some hand claps and then the song just kind of peters out and it's an example of what I felt about a lot of these songs which is that I would have liked to have heard them fleshed out more there's always something to be said for economy and keeping songs short and to the point but a lot of these tracks just left me wanting more yeah well I do prefer that I think to the opposite extreme of giving yeah. us too much here the petering out actually feels kind of right because it's this song about kind of wallowing in depression and kind of embracing the void he's not eating he's not or he's just kind of sleeping trying to get past these unpleasant memories and it's just not working and I like that it's left open-ended does it end in addiction or suicide or does he find way through to a better future and I, I like a songwriter who can embrace that kind of ambiguity I also just have to point out how much it bothers me that I did the math and they must have been born in like 1992 or 93. So the line, I haven't seen your face since 1994 is kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't have a point to make about that. Well, no, it, it is interesting. And I think it's, yeah, another layer. And, you know, I don't know their history, but maybe they lost a family member huh. when they were really young. And, you know, it's still this hole in your world, even though you can't actually remember that person. Fair enough. Uh, they do touch, I think, on more fresh and raw memories, though, in this next track, See You Around. I'm really starting to miss your smile I haven't seen it in a while Just that pain imitation That's really not your style And don't get me started on your laugh I mean the real one, not that half-hearted impression You've been putting on in everyone else's behalf but today was not the day, so I just 
walked by I didn't stop to ask how you were doing I barely even said hi But I noticed you looked down I hope you're okay, I'll see you around I can see why they placed this back at the end here. We're almost to the penultimate track. Is is there a name for the song before the penultimate track? Yeah, it's the anti-penultimate. It's not the most creative <laughs> name. Okay. Anyway, this is so earnest and stripped down that it would have been a little too much if it came earlier in the record. But now that the band has gone through their whole repertoire with the campy stuff and the guitar shredding and the power pop, I felt like I was impressed enough by their musicianship that the simplicity of this song was refreshing. Yeah, there's barely any drums and there's maybe a hint of what I thought might be a melodica in there. And in the place, though, it's just this totally ordinary but really painful breakup. And I think it touches on that theme you brought up earlier of life as performance. And there's this great line, don't get me started on your laugh. I mean the real one, not the half-hearted impression that you've been putting on on everyone else's behalf. <laughs> and there's just this kind of quirky rhyme. The and, meter is really good. And the meter to it. Yeah, it's just really off kilter. It feels really natural and yet totally awkward at the same time. And I think it accents this heartbreaking idea that if his ex had just been truer to himself, maybe they'd still be together. And it's yet another check in that very full, charming lyric column that I've had for this album. <laughs> so, I, you know, I did appreciate this, this stripped down sound, but I'm glad that they could squeeze in another Eptopo song with this penultimate track, All the Boys. Penultimate. <laughs> from a lot of songs that were kind of self-deprecating or expressing doubt. This is just a straight-ahead, up-tempo track about being awesome. Yeah, it's up-tempo and it's about being awesome, but it's it has its own kind of quirk where, you know, the lyrics sound at first blush like a straight-ahead party anthem. All the boys, like, yay! Except then the lyrics are, all the boys say they don't love me, say they don't want to hug me. And it's kind of a downer. And then he just comes right back and says, bitch i like me which is just really playful and defiant and it's just this joy in the face of adversity and i think that that kind of spirit sums up the entire album it's really it's a fun listen and i mean we listened to it a bunch of times and i was shocked how not bored i got Mm -hmm. from what seemed at the surface like so such a simple uh music Mm -hmm. and then you know to cap it off you made that point 
you made that or you you know you called for them to be a little more fleshed out and spend a little more time and i think that their this last track triumphantly answers your call where they develop those ideas in this almost five minute long epic and it goes from mopey indie folk to straight ahead rock to this kind of psychedelic freak out with these you know tremolo organ blasts so i think it'll be good to go out on that song it's called house in virginia this has been for the record and we've been discussing the album ugly cherries by power bottom thanks so much for listening Hey there, baby Why are you so Handsome Gay-mazing Makes me want to stay up all night Because I'm sick of waiting out Sick of going down Yeah.